0: All right, hello there, and thank you for joining us here at the Lions Guide Collective. And what is Lions Guide? So Lions Guide, we believe that leadership is at the core of your success in business and life, and we're here to empower everyday people to be world-class Leader. So if you're interested in learning anything else about Lions Guide and what we do, how it might we might be able to help you, you can go out to lionsguide.com, check out some of our free resources and so on and so forth. But enough about that. It's not why we're here today, honestly. We're here to talk about Miss Laura Jones. Uh, I myself, I'm Dale Walls. I'm the founder of Lions Guide. And today, Laura is the founder and CEO of Be A Legend. So we've met because we're both Lions lovers and we're here to talk about that a little bit and why. But she's also a, a three-time worldwide stevie award winner. Uh, we'll learn a little bit about that. She's a leadership and sales expert and athlete keynote speaker. Laura, welcome to the show Tell us a little bit about who you are and what do you do.
1: Thank you so much Dale for that wonderful introduction. Um, yeah absolutely well um, I think you summed it up pretty well actually so I'm founder and CEO of Be a Legend and our uh, logo is obviously the lion as you can see in the in the background here. Um, In actual fact, I started it with a lioness. And the reason being is because lionesses are the hunters, right? And our slogan is hunt or be hunted. Um, And yes, I am a leadership and sales expert. I've worked with companies worldwide, Fortune 100 uh, companies, 50, 100 companies, Fortune 500 companies, um, helping build and uh, develop and train leadership teams as well as sales teams um, we have various different programs for that but uh, very exciting i get to see and travel the world as a result and work with some world-class leaders just enhancing leadership performance um, that's one of the main um that we do here so um yes keeps me very busy on my toes and uh, i am also an athlete so i train every single day um multiple times sometimes uh, and uh, yeah, that also keeps me incredibly busy, uh, but I love the challenge and I love my fellow athletes, um, love being around fellow lions, as I say, and having that mindset. Um, so yeah, you, you, you summed up pretty well and you mentioned about the three times worldwide Stevie award winner. Um, I can uh, obviously go into that a little bit, but yes, uh, I do an awful lot, hato
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah because this has been a long time coming you're you're like so busy you're a worldwide traveler and collecting all your awards and uh you're you're fighting a good fight and trying to save the world through better leadership which i which i love and yeah but tell us where where did it all start like let's take take it back to the get, beginning who who is laura jones where did she come from you know why is she here Take take us back
1: gosh where did i come from who knows an alien world um so yeah, basically, I, I came to the states seven years ago, nearly seven years ago actually, um, and came with only a laptop and my brain, and decided to make a major change in my life. I had prior to that, just to give uh, you know, the audience a bit of a background here. Prior to that, okay. um, I did a, I have a bachelor's and master's degree in psychology, and I'm also trained as a neuroscience coach, um, and I have helped build businesses ever since, uh, actually even before college, uh, during college. And then after college, I joined a fantastic organization that were pretty small, you know, in, in the beginning and uh, helped grow them from around, we're talking dollar-wise from around 5 to $50 million. Um, and I was a significant um, part of that growth with helping build on the sales side um, and also on the leadership team and so forth but the sales was uh, one of the biggest criteria criterias um, to help that company grow to the to the level that it did. Um, it's now since been sold and it's a, a huge European um, business so still very friendly with uh, the original owner of that company and uh, multiple directors from there and my fellow colleagues from back there um, and that just gave me such a taste Dale for just making sure that we are the best version of ourselves you know in every aspect of life because what that taught me back then um obviously i use a lot of psychology you know in sales there's a lot of psychology in that um there's a lot of psychology in leadership uh you have to be able to communicate with your team in a way that they understand it's all well and good if you understand how you communicate but if they don't understand your level of communication because Everybody's different, right? We have different personalities and so forth, then quite frankly, it's uh, you know, it's not gonna, it's not gonna work out the way that you want it to, and you're not gonna get the productivity out of your team that you're really looking for. So that gave me a, a real flavor and a taste for wanting more. Um, and at the time I knew that I was just I had this mindset of I wanted to have a life in America and wanted to prove that the American dream was alive. And a lot of people asked me why America. Um, you see, my mother is German, so I had the option to go to Germany I have a lot of family out there. And I think that's where I get, I'm very, you know, regimented and very, um, disciplined. And a lot of that I think comes from that, that side of the family, but, um, America just has this incredible culture that when you are an immigrant coming to America, you kind of see things very differently. I think than if you were to live in the country and if you were born there, um, And I'm sure the same can be said for England, I'm sure that others may see it differently to how I see it, but being in America and coming to this country, I just saw it as a land of opportunity. It was like, I could do anything I wanted here. I could build anything I wanted um, and I could help others believe what they can really, really achieve. And a lot of people have known me to be very inspirational and motivational and educational um, for a number of years. And I just thought, I want to bring that skill set to America. I actually also wanted some better weather, I'll be honest. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, needed to, I needed to know what the sun looked like. And I was like, what is that orange thing in the sky, you know? It's so, like, oh, Laura, real this?
0: quick, before we miss this point. So, explain to me, because I am that American born here and maybe don't see the perspective of I can be anything, because we we grew up being preached that to, really, you know? Sure. Um how is that different than where you come from? Like, so you, I obviously you grew up in the UK. I imagine like what, what, what is not there that you see that here? Like, what's the difference?
1: A few things. Uh, Number one, the culture and mindset of in England, I just feel like it's very much nine to five. You know, you, you get up, you show up, you work, you come home, you make dinner, you go to bed. And it's the same routine every single day, every day, every day, every day. And, you know, I think, well, is that really different from America? Yeah, it is. Um, over there in England, I just feel that a lot of people may feel like, well, I should, I should be handed this or I should be given this rather than having that grit attitude of, if I want something, I'm really going to work for it. Mm. You know, I have never been one of those that has just said, Oh, I should, you know, I should be privileged to be able to just be given this. I, I, I want to be, you know, just handed this. Um, I didn't like the fact that if you're 16 over in England, I don't know whether they've changed it now, but certainly when I was growing up, when you were 16 years old, if you um, ended up pregnant, the government just gave you a house. You know it's things like that. They just yeah, think uh, a house. Yes, a house. Yes, I did say that correctly. A house. <laughs> I know it's shocking. So it's it's just that mindset, you know. I, I just I needed to be around others that just had that go-getter attitude, um, just had that zest for life, and just wanted to just get up and do great things every single day. And I always had like this sense of urgency behind it because you just never know, you know, when, when, when your time's up. And so it's always, let's just get this done. Let's achieve the best. Let's really help build others up. I just, I just had this, such a passion, you know, for life um, and still do. And I just want to instill that in others. So that was, you know, one of the areas. And then the other is the fact that it's the vulnerability side. Like you're taught in that culture to be, you know, if something happens, um, whether it's good or bad, really, you kind of learn or taught to kind of be quiet about it, and yeah. it's kind of hush hush. You know, you don't really show your emotions, um, and you don't show that vulnerability piece. And I've actually discovered, you know, through showing vulnerability, it just helps enhance others' performance on a much greater level. And we can go into that in a little bit, a little bit later. But um, so, really, for me, it's more of I didn't like that culture of you have to be quiet um, and not speak out. Um, I'm quite an outspoken person. You know, I'll I'll say what's on my mind, but in a respectful way. Um, But also, like I said earlier, just having that, I don't like the mindset over there as much as what I do in America. I just feel like people really do, if they really want to make something of themselves, they're going to go out there and they're just going to do it. And I'm not saying there's people out there over in England that don't do that. And I know there are but they're very, very, very few and far between. And I feel like there's a lot more of those types of people out here in the States. So
0: what was there, when did you kind of discover that you wanted to kind of get out of that mix? Like when, was it when you were growing up or was it when, when you got like, were you, were you city? Were you country? Like, and where did you discover like, Hey, I want to be bigger and more than what's here.
1: So I was actually both, uh, well, I grew up in a small town, a small town, um, but from a very young age, I knew I wanted to be in America. And how I knew that is my father was actually a CEO of a telecoms company back in the nineties. And it was during the dot com period. Um, and he helped um, grow in a business in the company that were the first organization to um, sell voice over IP commercially. And so he was a very busy guy, you know, back and forth to the States an awful lot. There'd be, um, you know, a lot of business associates that would fly over from America. Sometimes they'd stay with us. Sometimes, you know, I'd just come to the office and I'd meet them because I always had an interest, you know, what my father did um, in, in the business world. And I just became engrossed really in that American culture and that American lifestyle. And I really fell in love with it. Quite frankly. Um, I love how you guys speak. I love the accent. I love the go get it attitude. Um, and I just found it fascinating. I found it fun. You know, I just found a lot of Americans fun. And so I thought, oh, I want that. You know, I want that. So just from a very young age, I've always had this mentality that I'm going to have my own business and I'm going to be in America. And in fact, there's, there's some video footage somewhere of me from when I was about four or five years old. And my parents turned around to me and said, Laura, what do you want to be when you grow up? And instead of saying what most kids would say, you know, which is a um, doctor or nurse or something like that, I turned around and I said, managing director. And managing director in the UK is the same as a CEO in America. And so it's just funny that, you know, I said that. And then all these years later, here I am, you know, I'm the CEO and I made that dream happen. And I just never let go of it. I just remained very strong um, with that. And, um, you know, as, as time went on, you know, I, I had different situations in my life over in England that kind of catapulted certain events to, to change paths. Um, and so I didn't, I didn't end up in America as soon as I had anticipated owing to some other um, circumstances within my life that, that, that changed and um but i didn't i just i didn't let that stop me you know i didn't let that stop me i said i will end up in america and i will have my own business and i will prove this american dream is alive and i will prove all the people that thought you could never do it or even if they did think that they they thought it was just a dream i wanted to prove everybody wrong and say listen you can do anything you want to do if you put your mind to it and what
0: i guess how long ago has that been how long have you been here
1: Seven years. So May of 2016 is when I actually officially moved over um, and that decision, th- there was a few reasons why actually it wasn't just like one particular decision um, at that time. There was a few different reasons as to why I did that. Um, but I just knew it was time. You know, I wasn't married at that point. I didn't have any children. I was actually divorced. I was married prior to an American. So I've, I'm, I'm, I'm married now to an American. I was married prior to an American. So, uh, you know, Americans have just, again, just been around that culture and their military as well. So my husband's a Marine, my ex-husband was Air Force. And so um, I, I just became engrossed in that American military um, mindset. And when um, that relationship and that marriage uh, ended, I couldn't let go of the fact that I still wanted to be in America. And so, you know, that I stayed in England for a few years after that. But, I, but if I'm completely honest, you know, I found it quite a hard transition coming out of like the military world into civilian life in a foreign culture to me as in England and you might think but didn't I grow up there but when you're so used to that American culture for so many years and then trying to shift and change there is quite a big difference and so I just never let go of that wanting to be in America and I knew it would take me a few years to figure things out and how I was going to do that Um, but eventually I did and then just an opportunity arose where I felt, well, it's now or never, you know, and at that point, like I said, I, I, I wasn't married and I didn't have any children. And so it was just me. And I thought if I didn't do it, then it wasn't, you know, it, it could possibly not happen. So, um, decided to make the leap then and there and here I am.
0: <laughs> so you mentioned, you've mentioned grit a few times in like, so one, one, the time matters, right? Cause you know, some people could have been thinking like, oh, well you've been here 25 years and you know, so you, you've had all this time, but you have not had that much time. And I'll remind everyone, like you showed up with your laptop now that was it, you know, and here you are seven years later, married, got this business with a team and your world traveler, you know, is giving your lectures and all that stuff. So, I mean, so I just wanted to one, slow everyone down and just honor that, right? Like this wasn't, you know, it is a ton of hard work. It is a ton of grit and it, and it wasn't a 20 year, you know, path. What do you think, like, what changed? Like what, what's, as far as the grit aspect of it, what was it? Like, what, what did you have to do to, to kind of get to where you wanted to be? So you landed boots on the ground in America. You're here now. Like, what'd you have to be to kind of earn your dream? So to speak.
1: Three words, never give up. Hmm. Simple as that. Just never Never, never give up. Um, and I will tell you, like it's, it wasn't easy. It's not like you just come here and, and everything's oh hunky dory and away I go. You know, there was a lot of challenges that that I faced. Um, and there was sometimes when I wasn't even sure where my next meal was going to come from, or you know where I was going to sleep that night. I mean, it's it it was it was very up and down. Um, but it. I just never gave up. And I do remember at one point my family back in England said, you know, just come home, Laura, just come back to England. You know, they could see that, um, you know, it was very challenging with what I would decided to take on. And I said, no, I said, no, what message does that send? If I gave up and just went went back? I said, I'm I'm, I'm not going back. You know, I'm, I'm staying here. I'm going to prove that this is absolutely doable. And it's funny. I don't know if you've ever come across or seen the show Undercover Billionaire but I have you, if you come across that one or two, I've heard of
0: it. I think I've seen an episode or two. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's funny because I feel like my life was that, you know, I literally, you know, hardly had any money came to, and I had to build up a business quickly, you know, to be able to um, support myself and then also, you know, start this, the the, the beginning of my dream. And um, you know, that, that show is basically, you know, it's, it's all about where you have nothing and you, you, you're basically just relying on um, communication with others and building up relationships. And um, you have to build up a business within 90 days and it has to be worth a million dollars. Now, I didn't have to do that, right, within 90 days. But (laughs) it's not dissimilar in the fact that you know, I really did have to figure out very, very quickly, you know, where was I going to live? You know, where's my next meal coming from? What am I going to do to be able to support myself while I'm building up this dream in this business? And one of the biggest things now that I've always said and I do every single day is I love to build relationships and I love to communicate. And you know, there's one thing that everybody has in common, and that's a brain, right? And it's just how you decide to use it. And the other thing um, that, you know, many of us have, not all of us have, because, you know, some of us m- might lose it over time, and I've known others that, that cannot speak now, but you have a voice, right? But you can you can choose to use that voice in a way that, that you want. And so for me, the biggest thing was I just believed in myself Um, I, I, I do have that grit mindset of, I'm just, I'm not giving up. Um, I'm going to continue on. I'm going to prove to others that this is absolutely doable. And, um, I will continue doing it even if I was homeless, because I mean, you've heard all all of these success stories of people. What you don't see is the failures, but you don't see the parts where we do fall down, but it's what we do with it to get back up and continue on. And I think you know a lot of people have this misconception with me that you know I came over to this country and everything was hunky dory and I had this Im- 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 immense success almost immediately and that's just not true. That's just not true. You know there was a, a you know for every success there were probably ten failures behind it. You know and it's it's basically what I did with that and I and how I shaped um, you know those failures to help me learn, help me grow, and overcome. And that's honestly, I mean, I I, I teach and talk a lot about that. You know, I give a lot of workshops around, um, you know, adversity and accountability as well and, and I mean, lots of different areas in leadership. But it is so critical that others truly do understand that, look, success isn't something that just happens overnight. You know, it takes – and you've probably heard the saying, um, you know, if you give me six hours to chop down a tree, I'm going to spend the first four sharpening the axe. And it's absolutely true. You have to prepare, 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 you know, it's, and even when you prepare, sometimes things can go wrong. And I'm a, I'm a woman of action. So I do spend a lot of time preparing, but I also just take action. And I think that's one of the secrets to how I've got to where I've got to today. You know, there's, there's a famous saying that Richard Branson says, um, and also my father used to say this, but if you don't know how to do something, you say, yes, you do it anyway. And you learn later. And that's really how I've, you know, how I've been since I was a little girl. And I've just, I've learned a lot, you know, along the way, um, whether it's through life experience, whether it's through my education, whether it's, you know, through other other means, but it's, I think that's definitely a saying that I've lived my entire life by. And if you, you you could, you could have everything prepared in the world, but if you don't take action on it, what's the point, right? So it's very important for leaders and anybody, um, not just in the business world, but really any aspects of your life. If you really want something to happen and you truly believe in it, no matter who doesn't, you stay in your lane, you stay laser focused and you just say to yourself, I can do this, but I can only do it if I keep moving forward. So you think of yourself in like a trench, you know, and you know you're in this thick mud, and every day you've just got to move a little inch by inch, by inch, by inch, and always ask yourself, "What are you doing today to get you to where you need to be tomorrow?" That's a huge saying that I live by every single day.
0: Yeah, I mean it's all it's all powerful stuff because that that's the realization. I think it's like that. It also goes back to what you're saying about life and and the culture of living in the UK versus here. Right. And, the it's just, it's just not going to just happen, you know, like what you want, you've got to get out there and get to work on it. And, you know, we both, we both hashtag the lions here, you know, but to me, like that lion signifies that, that the power of leadership in a way, you know, as well, it's always signified leadership of self uh, and courage amongst other things. But, um, you know, but I, 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 use that word power of leadership, right? Because when, you, you mentioned something there as far as like the belief in yourself, right? Like there's a challenge and you're up against it, you know, in, in, to your point, it was the Bronson quote about, you know, just say yes. And you'll figure it out. Like that takes a lot of belief in yourself, like, and you've got to believe in yourself that you're going to lead the way that we're not all born with all the answers, right? We're not born with the answers, you know? Um, and, and that's, that's how you get them. You know, there's no better way to find answers than be challenged with a real problem to solve. Right. Yeah. You know, it's not in the books. I mean, yes, do you learn from the books and learn from other people and all these conversations, but the real learning is the blood, sweat and tears of getting it done, figuring it out uh, and learning through it.
1: Yeah, It's the doing It's absolutely doing. I think a lot of people will get stuck in, um, you know, their comfort zone. And I often ask, you know, I'm like, how do you feel when you're in your comfort zone? And, you know, the number one word I hear is safe, right? I hear when they say, oh, I feel safe. You know, I feel comfortable is another word, right? Mm -hmm. They feel comfortable, they feel safe. And whenever I ask, well, how do you feel when you're outside of that? You know, they say, well, I'm scared. Um, You know, it's a, a vulnerable place to be. But the, the truth is, um, you know, when you start breaking out of that comfort zone, and I, I'd love to go into this a little bit more actually, but when you break out of your comfort zone, you enter what we call the fear zone, right? And um, in fact, I'm just going to bring this up. I actually, <laughs> I, I, I do a lot of this work where you see the comfort zone here and then we've got the fear zone and then we've got what's called the learning zone and then the growth zone. And a prime example of this is, and people say, yeah, but how do you break through this fear zone into the learning zone? Um, a prime example um, mentioned at the beginning that uh, I'm also an athlete. And quite some time back, um, I was doing these box jumps and, you know, not padded boxes. These are like the, you know, the the, the real deal, sturdy boxes. You know, if you fall, you really, you're, you're hurting yourself. And I was doing 24-inch box jumps and I landed funny and completely damaged my shin um, pretty much crushed it. It was, it was really, really bad for a, a long time for about two or three months afterwards. Um, you know, I had a lump on it. It was, it was horrific. Um, the pain was significant and, uh, I honestly thought, Oh my gosh, I've put myself out for a long time. Anyway, the time came many months later where it was time, you know, to start doing the 24 inch box jumps again. I mean, obviously I was training in between that, but Um, I'd been doing the 20-inch box jumps, no problem. And my team just said, you know, we've we've got to do the 24-inch box jumps today. And it was that fear, it was like, oh my gosh, my brain is now doing what it's supposed to do, which is trying to protect me. You know, it's saying, no, 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 this is danger, danger, danger. And this can be applied, by the way, in any area of your life. You know, if there's something that you are trying to break out of a habit or trying to break out of um, something that you've done before that your brain has had information to say it's dangerous, Um, or that it didn't work, or it was a failure, this is going to be a prime example of how you break through that. So my brain was doing what it said, you know, what what it's supposed to do. And it was telling me, no, Laura, you're not doing 24-inch box jumps, because you're not going to damage your shin again. Um, And I had to say to my brain, no, no, I have to do this. So how are we going to connect the unconnected, right? It's the neurons, right? We've got to, you know, we talk about neuroplasticity and trying to change the brain and train the brain. Well, this is a This is a prime example. So I was taking a look at that 24 inch box jump. And I started visualizing myself jumping on it. And I knew I could do it. I knew I had the clearance. I probably had the clearance to actually jump a 30 inch box jump. But my brain was telling me no. And so I had to allow my brain to understand that it was going to be okay. Now I couldn't just go from a 20 inch to a 24 inch. So what I did while I was in this fear zone is I just I picked up a plate um, and and you know a weight and put it on top of the box so it just raised it just by like an inch so it wasn't enough for my brain to say oh that's danger but it was enough to just be past that comfort zone of the twenty inches right and I'm jumping onto a plate on top of a box which might not be the most sturdiest thing right so um, <laughs> that was a real test. So there I go, you know, jump on that. Now I'm at 21 inches. I'm like, okay, my brain is like, okay, we can do this. We can do this. So now I add another plate and then another plate until I get to, you know, 23 inches. And then it's like, oh, this is fine. Then I take all the plates off and I look at the 24 inch box. And it was funny as I took all the plates off, my brain froze again. It was like, oh, this is the 24 inch box jump. So what I did then was I just visualized that, it was flipped over on the other side with the plates back on it. And I just kept seeing that. I jumped, got onto the 24-inch box, and that was it. My brain was then like, oh, you can do this. Did it again? And then I got off, did it again, got off, did it again, did it like 10, 12 times, just so my brain started to understand that this is okay. This is not dangerous. Um, but the key is, you know, you have to keep doing it. I couldn't just do it that one day, you know, I had to go back the next day and just add that into my training at the end of the training session and just keep doing it and doing it. And then what happened is, I'm just going to bring this up again. What happened is, you know, I got past the fear zone into the learning zone. My brain was then like, Oh, okay, I'm learning. I'm learning that, um, you know, this is not dangerous anymore and it's okay. You know, and I've, I've understood now how I can do this. And that's where we start ending up in the growth zone. And so when I talk to people about coming from your comfort zone all the way out here, that is a massive leap and that's very scary for them. So that's why I like to do it in stages with them and say, okay, we're going to talk about your fear zone and how we're going to break through that. And then we get into the learning zone. And from that we can break into the growth zone and that's how you start to really apply everything that you've learned and you just put it into action every single day. It's very powerful, very powerful tool. But that was, I mean, that, like I said, that's just a, um, an example of you know breaking through that comfort zone and and having that can do attitude. Um, And just again, having that grit as well, and that determination that I'm not going to let this get the better of me. And I'm just going to continue working at it and working at it and working at it.
0: Yeah, it's powerful stuff. And it it does, you know, I love, you know, the world of information that we're in today, and the exposure of neuroscience in a way that, you know, you know, like lion's Right. In the animal kingdom, right? They what are what's their weapon? It's it's their claws, it's their teeth and all that stuff. Like the human weapon is our mind. <clears throat> it is, it is our, you know, weapon and it's it's powerful. And and like you said, you gotta understand though that it's it's design, you know. I heard, heard something really interesting, which really put this in perspective recently, which was, you know, like if you think like bugs, they're probably an easy example. This like they they give birth to like thousands of, you know eggs and right because that's their survival mechanism right like give birth to a thousand so that two can survive right you know the the, the circumstances of the world you know are going to affect 99 of them but two are going to survive and that's the survival mechanism of a lot of animals where they give a they have a litter right like you know that's how they contend you know those species contend with survival right well the human equivalent of that is our frontal lobe our imagination right we give birth to a thousand scenarios in our head to determine, are we going to live or die or get injured or whatever? Right. We're, we're, we have that in our brains. Like that is the power of the human mind to invent and see the future, right? Like create these many avatars of ourselves as if I go left, this is what could happen. If I go right, this is what could happen. If I jump, this is what could happen. If I don't jump in, and, and that that's the same. It's the equivalent. Like that's how we've come to evolve and survive is that we actually can, we don't have to give birth to a thousand little babies to like extend the species. Our brain has developed to that. We can actually invent a thousand little avatars in our imagination of what could happen. And, and that's really cool. Right. And, but that's also like you're describing, that's the power of the brain. Like, so if you've had a failure in an area, it has learned, like, we don't want to do that again. Like that's. Yeah. That's a no go zone, right? Because that's this survival mechanism and you've got to learn how to push through that stuff because it's just doing exactly what it's supposed to do. It's, it's trying to keep you from hurting yourself essentially. But unfortunately today, like we don't have saber chasing us, you know, but we have a, we have different types of hurts. We have mental hurts. We have emotional hurts, right? Like aside from physical hurts, right? Because we have different types of, of fears, right? And, you know, and, and. Um, so that certainly there's physical fears, but there's a lot of emotional fears that that we contend with now. You know, so I, I think it's awesome.
1: Yeah. And actually that is um, something I wanted to share today, you know, you know, and especially for the audience listening. But the example I gave, you know, is probably very relatable to a lot of people. Um, another example of just having pure grit and just jumping off the back of what you were saying about. Um, you know, you, have, you, you build up these thousands of scenarios in your mind. And the ultimate thing is you have a choice. Um, you have a choice to make. You know, you can either do something or you don't do something. Um, and I'm going to give you an example of something very traumatizing that happened in my life. Um, and, you know, about 18 months ago, my youngest son passed away and I nearly lost my life. And that experience alone changed me in a way that could have completely crushed me. You know, it could have been, it could have been the end of me. Um, it could have been, you know, Lara as everybody knew her. In fact, it, it, it kind of really was because a new Lara was born from that, but I made that choice. You know, it was about four months after um, that tragic event happened that I said to myself, well, Lara, you have a choice. You can either sink deeper and deeper and go into this deep, dark black hole and see this tiny pinprick of a light just get smaller and smaller, or you can get up and show up every single day of your life and you use that trauma and that grief as your fuel. Why? Because even though that night I lost my son and I was seconds from flatlining, I mean, I'm very lucky to be here talking with you today, But I was given a second chance, and with that second chance, you know, I'm choosing to make a huge, great impact in the world, you know, with with all my um, uh, keynote speaking that I do, but also with the programs and workshops that I've designed to help enhance leadership performance, even through adversity, and you know, I have two other children that are living, I have three boys in total, one that passed and two that are living. And they're very little, you know, they're very little. And they were, they were much smaller at the time that, that, that we lost our youngest, who was Jack. And um, they needed me, you know, but it wasn't just them, I needed to show up for them as a leader. But I also needed to show up for my company, and my team and my employees. And, all my clients, you know, everybody kind of was relying on me. And it was this tremendous pressure in a way, because I'm the I'm the CEO of the company, I can't just say, all right, everybody, I'm out, you know, bye, have a great life. It doesn't work like that. You know, I've got a team members that are relying on me, you know, to feed their families, I've got my children that rely on me to feed them and put the clothes on their back. And I just decided, I said, you know what, Jack will always be here with me, and he's going to help me just build this into something much, much greater and much bigger than maybe I had even anticipated, you know? And he kind of opened up my eyes to what's really out there and how short life really is, and that's why I'm a woman of tremendous action. I mean, I've always been that way anyway, as as you heard the story before about coming to America and so forth. But this just... it, it just raised it like a thousand times higher, you know. And um, when you when you have been through such a traumatic event and grief, and you're also a leader, you learn so much so quickly. And there are days when you know you think, "Oh my gosh, can I really do this today?" And you question yourself. Sometimes you need that. Sometimes you need that. Those moments to sit back and say can I do this today? And then the other side of you says, yes, absolutely you can. And this is how you're gonna do it. And that's why it's so important to make sure that you stay so laser focused and you're in your lane and you don't allow all of these distractions, you know, whether it's on social media or whatever, on TV, you don't allow these distractions to um, derail where your focus is. And for me, you know, I get up and show up every single day for my son, Jack, and for my other boys. And I allow him to see the world through my eyes, but also I'm helping enhance so many others performance as a result of what happened to me, combining that with obviously all my knowledge, my life experience and all my education, and combine that all into one. It's incredibly powerful, Dale, incredibly powerful.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, one you know, sorry for your loss. I mean, I, I've heard your story before. And I I think when you and I first met, we ended up, I think we talked for longer than we we're talking today. We talked for a couple hours kind of going through your story and all that. And, you know, that's when the empath in me starts going like, you know, that's the other thing about our brain. Like, I, you know, like if you're empath of sorts, like I, like you feel that man. And, and so certainly so sorry for your loss, but, and but I admire like your ability to, to face it. And I guess like just to, mm-hmm. to, to go into it, like, because that's, you know, that's such a traumatic event. Like the, the, the mother's loss of their child, you know, you almost lost your own life. Like in, you know, again, figuratively, there's so much trauma out there that people go through like such major loss, but they can't recover. Like what, you know, what would you tell someone? Like, what do you, t- what do you tell people like how to break free of that? Cause it's, it's like chains, like you're, you're chained down, you know, through this stuff. Like what, haven't gone through something like that. Like what is your advice to someone who's going through it or they haven't broke the chains? Like what, what, what could they do?
1: You have to take it hour by hour. Sometimes you take it minute by minute, but you take it hour by hour. People often say we take it day by day. No, you break it down. You break it down. It's too much. It's too much. It's too overwhelming. Um, I remember right, you know, right afterwards, it was a win. If I, you know, if I, when I wake woke up and I was breathing, that's a win to me, you know? Um, I was able to, to live another day. Um, that's a huge win. It was a win to get up and go shower. It was a win to actually change that day. You know, it was a win to walk out of the, um, area that I was in, you know, actually a lot of people don't know this, but, um, I, for four months, I actually slept, um, on the couch because I couldn't bring myself to be upstairs where everything happened. Um, it was too traumatizing. It was terrifying. Um, and honestly, it's just you, you take it hour by hour, and then you slowly build up to half a day by half a day. And there is no time limit. You know, there is no end time. I think a lot of people expect or think, you know, others that maybe don't quite fully understand the, the grief or trauma, they expect someone that has been through that to, oh, well, at some point you'll get over it. Or at some point, you'll, I mean, you never get over the loss of a child, number one. But even if it's not a child you've lost, maybe it's a family member or maybe something else traumatic in your life has happened, you don't ever get over things. You learn to work through it. And that there's a big difference, a big, big difference. And so um, something that I, that I do help a lot of others with because I do a lot of community work, um, help a lot of other parents that have lost children. I also do a lot of work with veterans um, that have been through trauma um, and also help you know, veterans that have tra- transitioning out of military um, into starting their own businesses. And the biggest thing I always say uh, when any challenge you face in your life when you've been through some type of adversity is um, give yourself grace and don't expect there to be an end zone or like an end time. And the best way to describe it is that grief and trauma when it's in your life, it, it kind of acts like the ocean, you know. There's going to be rough seas one day, and then another day it could be calmer seas. But the waves are always going to be there. You're always like rocking side to side. It's never just this plain, smooth sailing. You're on this path, and, and you're never affected. You're always kind of swaying, and sometimes it's biggest waves, and sometimes it's smallest waves. And um, you just have to make sure that as you're on this journey, that you do seek out guidance, whether that's from, you know, whether it's a therapist, whether it's a coach, whether it's a mentor, um, could be a family member, could be a friend, could be anybody that you feel um, that you trust enough to be able to disclose how you're really feeling. But my biggest thing is talk and communicate and tell someone else how you're feeling, because they may also be able, if they can't themselves, they may be able to connect you with someone that can. But they will be able to give you the tools and strategies to help you cope through those rough seas because when those rough seas come and they will come, you know, it can be debilitating. And so that's why as part of the work that I do, I love to help give tools to leaders in particular to help them, you know, through any type of adversity, but also, like I said, you can apply it to enhancing your performance. You've got to be equipped with that. So you know that when those waves come, you face it head on and you're not afraid. It's, it's going back to that comfort zone and fear zone, right? You're breaking through that fear zone and your brain is going to then start learning because otherwise your brain is always going to tell you, no, you can't do this because this happened. And until you give your brain new information and you teach it that it's okay you know, to feel this way or it's okay to break past this, it's not going to change. So just taking it, like I said, hour by hour, half a day by half a day. um, And don't necessarily plan, you know, far off into the future. It's just it's be present, be now, you know, live in the here and now, you can't change what's happened. So you've got to ask yourself, how I'm acting about what happened? Is it serving me? Right? Is it serving me? And I'll go back to that example, right after, you know, I lost Jack nearly my life. And It was very difficult. I was, you know, having to step into the shoes of being CEO of the company and still, you know, carrying on with my meetings and so forth. And at the time, I was nervous to share what had happened. I was nervous to be vulnerable in that sense. Um, I think we live with this fear of if we if we're facing um, a a huge trauma in our lives, that if we start speaking out and telling someone, they're going to think that we can't cope, you know, and honestly, it's quite the opposite. When they realize what you have been through and what you're doing, the support becomes immense. But if you don't communicate and talk to people and tell them what's going on, they can't help you. Um, And so, like I said, it's just finding those trusted advisors. um, And you'll be amazed at the feedback and response that you'll actually get when you start to open up. Um, Even as a leader, uh, you know, I actually started opening up. It was Quite a few months later, I started opening up to other leaders, you know, in the industry, but also, you know, there were clients and told them what was, you know, what had happened and they were in utter shock because you'd never have thought it because I had, you know, stepped into the shoes of the CEO and kind of had to put a facade on as to there's nothing bad that's going on in my life. But the truth is everybody faces trauma at some point in their life, no matter how big or small, everyone's got something going on you know, in their life. And I think if we're much more open to, it, to understanding what we're all kind of facing and going through, we're able to support in a much bigger way and we can do greater things together as a result. Um, and, you know, I'm just, I'm a huge believer in, you know, that vulnerability piece and talking it through. And maybe, you know, you do get some coaching and you have some of that guidance that will help lift you up. And get you to see things in a clearer way that maybe you can't because of the fog, you know?
0: Yeah, no, and that's key. And finding the right people, the people that see your potential in, you know, the way I like to put this because I heard, I didn't invent this, but I loved it when I heard it, which was like finding people that partner with your potential, right? The ones that don't coddle your current state, but help you. Yeah, you said it, right. See through the fog, right. Not, not help you stay there, but actually help you navigate out of it. You know, the ones that side with your potential, that your potential is not there. Uh, maybe you don't know that, but, but, but we all do, right. Like the right, the right trusted advisors, as you put it, right. Like those are the right ones. Um, and I love something you mentioned here earlier, because I think like, in, in and I love one, you got to acknowledge the laser focus, like cut out all the noise. And, you know, and, and, and I'd say like also like growth and leadership, you know, there's, there's a lot of like grandiose like stuff out there. And, and I love something that you pointed out that I think is applicable everywhere is whether you're trying to grow or you're trying to get out of a, a pit of despair, you know, is the micro goals, right? You, you know, you don't need to go from, I feel like a two out of 10, but you need to snap your fingers and be a 10 out of 10, right? It, it's it's not going to happen. And there's a lot of like, you can get on YouTube and watch all this inspirational stuff. And it's just like, snap out of it. Like, look, man, <laughs> it's it's not a snap out of it, especially trauma, you know, especially, you know, but it's it, I, like, I loved what you were pointing at. Like, look, man, I wasn't like, just go back, flip the switch and hundred percent back in the saddle. I had to like work my way up from this to that and go from a two to a three like that's a win like so i heard you say like you know you just had wins not big wins just a a bunch of little wins to get you where you want to go i thought that was awesome
1: yeah well the the biggest the, the biggest um thing that really helped me is you know i i i had a goal you know i said to myself okay Well, I had a choice too, right? I said, okay, these are the two paths I can take. I can either go down this path or I can go down this path. Which one do I want to go down? I wanted to go down this path, you know, the one that where I was, you know, going to be a much better version of who I was and wanted to really impact and do a heck of a lot out there, Um, not just in the business world, but outside of that. And, um, you know, in order to do that, I had to set goals. And in order to do those goals, I had to set tasks. And in order to do the tasks, I had to have the habits, and in order to have the habits, I needed to track that. So I kind of work backwards. You know, I say, okay, what's what's the end goal? What's the end target of where I want to be? And then you just you just work backwards from there. And so really it starts with, you know, how I said, you know, you take it hour by hour, half a day by half a day. But this can be applied, you know, in leadership generally, but you start to track your habits and you say, okay, what are the what are the good habits of successful people? What are the good habits of um, what I need to be able to complete these tasks, which are then going to, if I complete these tasks, it's going to reach my goals. Right. Um, and when I reach those goals, I'm then able to step up a level and I can then continue. And I just repeat the process. And so, you know, I've studied a lot of successful people, you know, over the years. And, um, one of the biggest things is, you know, they just, their, their network is pretty vast, but, um they just never give up and they're always on the move and they're always they just keep going you know but they learn like if they have failures they learn from it they don't stop and try and analyze and say oh whoa, is me they just say okay that was that didn't work what can I do differently next time I mean it's 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 really as simple as that um I think a lot of the time because I come across there's a heck of a lot in companies they'll say well, Lara, especially in sales, so this, this comes up all the time in sales, like, oh, but you know, Lara, I feel like we need to have all the tools set out properly, you know, we need to make sure we've got like, for example, a, a website done, and we need to make sure that we've got our one pages, or we need to make sure we've got all these fancy tools to be able to go out there and sell. And I'm like, why, why do you think that? You know, that's really, I see that as you're hiding behind that. I'm like, you just got to get out there and just do it. You just got to take action. I mean, people will buy from you if they like you, right? People buy from people. And so if they see your value of what you can bring to the table, you don't need all this other fancy stuff to be able to showcase what you do. Um, They're not buying that, they're buying you, you know? And so again, it's the same with you apply in sales, leadership or in life generally. It's you have to be happy and comfortable with who you are. And if you're not, you have to push past that barrier and get to that happy place as quickly as you can. Because quite frankly, if you don't, you're going to constantly be stuck in that comfort zone. And so we're, we're just trying to stretch, you know, every single day. And this is another example I love to give is that um, a lot of people like to feel like they need to be rigid and, 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 and solid and just, you know, nothing's going to break me and kind of think of like a glass vase right it's it's sturdy it's solid it's pretty heavy when you're carrying it around if you drop that it it breaks right it cracks it smashes it breaks well I like to think of myself more as an elastic band and you know you stretch that elastic band it, it will come back a little bit but it won't come back to the the same shape that it was originally and that's a classic example of this you know, you start you start here with the elastic band, and you stretch it a little bit, you know, you might stretch it all the way out and then it will come back and it might come back to here and you do it again and again. And so that for me is is um, a great way to kind of visualize when you are trying to break through some type of a barrier, you know, again, whether it's in leadership, sales you know, with your team, whether you're trying to communicate, whether it's in your life, whether it's at home, whether it's with your friends, with your family. Um, it's just a, a great way to think of yourself as like elastic band versus being this rigid, solid glass vase, which quite frankly, we like to think we have this body armor on, but take that body armor off, just be yourself, be vulnerable, be in the moment, be present and be real, you know, be real with people. And when you start doing that, your team alone, and when I say team, it could be in the business setting, it could be at home with your family, they're going to notice a change and they're going to say, wow, like if they're doing that, that's okay. Then I can start to open up and I can, you know, and once you start to get to know and learn more and more about the people that are around you, whether that's your team or others that you choose to be around, when you start to learn more and more about them, um, you'll start to... Piece together pretty quickly all the pieces that you need to be able to become successful. And even if you are successful, if you want to try and get to that next level, and you're like, I want to enhance my performance, because again, that's I typically work with a lot of leaders that are trying to get to that next level, or have better communication among their team, or just teach the leaders, you know, um, fundamental principles that, quite frankly, a lot of leaders might skip for whatever reason. You know, whether that's accountability, whether that's grit, whether that's emotional intelligence, whether that's communication. You know, and so um, one of the just the, the, the biggest things that, I'm, that I always say is come back to the basics and strip everything else away and look at the foundation and just it's all about the fundamentals and seeing yourself, like I said, is that elastic band that you can stretch when you want and on the days that you don't feel like it, it might bounce back a little bit, but that's OK. You know, you stretch it the next day and the next day and the next day. Um, and that's how you grow and that's how you learn. And that's when you start doing that and you apply all of those new tools and strategies that you're learning, oh my gosh, you'll see a complete and utter shift. So
0: it's huge. And I mean, and you mentioned like the part of, I, I feel like it's one of there's, there's a lot to leadership, right? There, a leadership. You can't put a pin on the one thing, the three things, like it's a lot of things and you rattled yeah. off a few and, and I think you, you hit on something I feel is like one of the most important things, which is how you show up, like the example that you set. And you know, what I tell people is, look, <clears throat> that switch is always on. like how you show up is always influencing your team or the people around you. And, you know, I always like to remind people like your team is not just in the office. Your team is your family. It's your spouse. It's your friends like that you're, you're always influencing people. And yeah. and that's just leadership. You're like you're you're leading when how you show up. Now you're either doing one or two things. You're either enabling people or you're giving them permission. And he's like, "Well, what do you mean?" I'll tell that's- you. So you're showing up like in your case, your example here. You're talking about. Being vulnerable, you're showing up being vulnerable and being perfectly human, which, by the way, people appreciate that you're a human, too, and you don't act like you're more than them because now you're starting to play this this power game, the superiority game. Um, But if, if you show up as a perfectly human, just like they are, and you just have different accountabilities and responsibilities to the team. You know, so as a leader, you've got certain accountabilities and other members of the team have different accountabilities and responsibilities, but you're all put your pants one leg at a time, you know, you're, you're all perfectly human, but how you show up in your growth mindset or being vulnerability, whatever, like you're enabling them to do the same. Now, if you show up, what's the other side of that coin? If you show up, you know, cagey, I'm perfect, you know, I do no wrong, you know, all those I'll say bad or toxic leadership traits, you're actually given permission for them to do the exact same thing, right? So how you show up, you're either enabling people or you're giving them permission. You're either enabling them to grow too or you're giving them permission to stay just the same or stay mediocre just like you. So you've got to know like how you show up matters and and how you show up like there's the, the, the what's the cliche rise and tide lifts all boats. This is it, right? How you show up will enable other people to because it's hard man like we don't want to fail we don't want to why don't we grow or why do why do sales suck because we fear failure like we fear failure why are they putting up all the websites and the pages because it's one more thing between them and a rejection right they're afraid of that rejection man go you're going to get rejected go lean into it And, and 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 when one person starts going man i got i got told no 10 times a day but i got one yes yeah. Everyone else said, "Well, I got told no three times. I guess I gotta right." It's just there. You go. You're enabling them to do more. So.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's you know that's essential in any area of your life. But yeah, this this the sounds I could talk to you for days about you know the the sales side as well. Um, just because I've had so many people come to me and they're like, "But Laura, how are you?" able to do what you do you know you you, you obviously I'm incredibly busy because I, I, I'm running all different aspects of, of our company um, like you know we've got obviously you know different parts of our organization because um, we're obviously you know leadership and, and sales um, and also we have like a marketing branch of our company so it's there's a lot that's going on right and um, I'm having to, to manage all different types of personalities not just from clients but also with team members um, and You know, I think the the biggest, biggest thing that I do um, that I feel is very uh, successful within our company and why we have a company the size that it is today is purely through the communication, the communication styles and understanding. Like I take a lot of time to understand who I'm actually talking to, you know, whether it's a team member or a client. I want to learn more about them. I want to understand how they think. I want to understand how they make decisions because everything about who they are and as well outside of the workplace is going to affect who they are inside the workplace and how they are inside the workplace can also affect how they are outside the workplace. And so the two kind of go hand in hand. It's not like you just walk into the office and, oh, you're a different person now. You know, it's, um, I mean, I'll, I'll relate back to my story. For a while, I felt like, you know, I had to be that different person because I, I wasn't sure about the reaction of others. The moment that I decided to make that decision and I thought, well, the ones that don't react in a supportive manner, I don't really want them in my life anyway, right? Because you want to surround yourself with those that are going to support. And like you just said, you need to enable people, you know, or, you know, you're able to, Help them you can you can um facilitate that behavior um or you can destroy it really um and so a lot of a lot of what i do and again i pull from all my psychology training and obviously i'm heavily trained in cbt which is cognitive behavioral therapy and i help reframe cognitive distortions, you know, and that whole you said about fear of failure, and it's the failure versus the learning, which is the fixed mindset, you know, versus the growth mindset, and how to handle workplace stress in productive ways. I think when you start to master those types of skills, and you can communicate with your team in a much more productive manner, in other way, in other words, you know, we, we practice active listening, boundary setting, um, you know, understanding body language and small gest- gestures. You know, practice mindful listening. Um, I know there will probably be a few listening that understand about that what I'm talking about, but you know, it's just just ensuring that you have the appropriate responses to certain situations, um, whether it's stressful situations at work, whether it's confusing situations, or whether it's really great situations. You know, how do you handle all those different types? And like I said, you know, we are human beings. We're not computers. We're not, you know um we're not technology you know you don't just press a button and there's an outcome you know you put an input and there's an outcome it's we're complicated we're complicated beings and we have emotions we're not just purely logical you know we have emotions so we've got both and um you know it's does the logic run the emotions or do the emotions run the logic you know so uh it's 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 a very powerful tool when you can really start to tap into that and you unlock that uh, not just within yourself but within others and your team and you start to combine that you work together my gosh it's a game changer for businesses I mean I know because I've done it right and I've 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 been there and done it and I continue to do it with lots of organizations now who are actually my clients but um, it's it's just like you said at the beginning your mind is a powerful weapon and it absolutely is. Uh, And I think that it can be the um, success of you or it can also be a downfall of you. And it's just how you manage that and the choices that you make is going to give you the outcome um, that you desire. And if you desire success, you will get there as long as you have the right training and the right tools and the right guidance and coaching to be able to do that, you know, through understanding the habits you need to do and then making sure those habits take place you know whether you have an accountability partner or whatever that might be um and then from those habits are you completing the tasks and from the tasks are you achieving those goals and then how many goals have i achieved okay have i achieved my main objective you know and so on and so on and so on so if you have a process in place so in, in essence you know that is like a computer having a process right but then you Tap into those emotions as well as the logical side, and you're able to manage that in a way that not only does your brain understand, but now others can understand because now you're learning how they communicate. So you're able to, um, you're able to see how they see you. If that makes sense, okay. and you can modify and adapt your behavior accordingly. It's just it's incredibly powerful. I, I love doing this stuff, and uh, we actually uh, we have this free assessment that we we give people to, to allow themselves to see how others see them, not how you see yourself, but how others see you. And it's very powerful.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, um, I guess we'll, we'll start wrapping this up because like I said, we can sit here and go until midnight on this stuff <laughs> and, and, and maybe we should find time and do it again because you know, there's a whole lot of other things to jump into in this area, especially around leadership and, uh, you, you hit on some stuff there, but I know if I touch on it, we're going to go for another hour, but, uh, we'll <laughs> find the time. And, and I really appreciate you coming on. Um, as far as be a legend, if someone out there is interested in getting your help, how would, how would they find you? How would they reach out to you? What's best way um, to get the, connected?
1: Um, the best way to, to get in touch is actually to text the word legend. So L E G E N D just text the word legend to three, three, seven, seven, seven. So I'll just say that number again, but it's 33777 and the word is legend. Um, Easiest way to get in touch, you know, you just put your email in there. We we contact you and um, we, can, we can get in touch with you that way. So um you can follow me on LinkedIn as well. I'm, I'm pretty big on that platform. But yeah, the easiest way to get in touch, as I said, just text the word legend to 33777.
0: I love it. Well, hey, I appreciate you coming on. Powerful story. Tons of... Sage advice there, and uh, I love the fact that we got connected and we can chop it up like this. It's it's always uh, I and I've learned a lot. I was taking notes as we went to so I'm sure people listening will get a lot out of it as well. So, Laura, I appreciate you coming on and appreciate your vulnerability and sharing your story. And it's definitely going to serve those who get to listen to it and who, who need to hear that message. So, I, I thank you very much for coming on.
1: Absolutely, thank you so much, down I just want to end with you know I always say this, but if I can do it, you can do it, right? Yeah. I'm just about to head to Vegas, you know, for the big gala, you know, for the Stevie Awards. And who would have known, you know, that seven years ago, this young girl moving to America, you know, and now here I am about to receive worldwide Stevie Awards. It's just incredible. So if I can do it, anyone can, right?
0: (laughs) Just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. That's it. You you know,
1: never give up. Never never give give
0: up. I love it. All right, Laura, thank you very much. I'll talk to you again real soon.
1: Thanks, Dale. Love you talking with you. Yep, Thanks like for it. having me.